waging war on corruption. Alex Jones on the GCN Radio Network. Human instincts, normal instincts. I like to see people do well. I feel good for a neighbor when they've got a fancy car or a good-looking wife. I admire beautiful women. Uh, I admire handsome men. I admire people that have beautiful horses or uh, people who paint beautiful paintings. And I, growing up, thought that I, that that was normal. I thought everybody else was like that. And so when kids would be mean to me, or people would beat me up when I was a little kid for no reason, or when I found out that the cops dealt the drugs where I grew up and then, and then would still put kids in jail for using drugs that their associates sold them, it would really freak me out. And, and then I found out there were evil people in the world, but, but I still thought that everybody else thought like I did. And, and now I've learned growing up the elite have given us their view. It's totally envy-driven. It's totally... Um, it's totally about cutting everybody else down. It's totally about being hyper-competitive. But we all fight with each other while the elite uh, basically rule over us. Now, I've gone from the extreme of not wanting to compete with people and always turning the other cheek to where now I realize so much of the public scum, to protect myself, I have to, once somebody makes a move on me, I've got to go ahead and beat them and dominate them and try to knock them out if they keep going after me just to protect myself, but that's done out of defense. And, and so I can see the psychology of the elite. They say, look, we have to go ahead and dumb everybody down. They're a bunch of scum, backstabbing rabble. But it's more than that. They actually accentuate all of that and use our weaknesses to uh, bring down society so they can manage us and control us and then finally get rid of us. Alan Watt, your comments on that statement. Yeah, what you find, and there's been studies done on this, there are very good studies, even amongst the, the old communist bloc, they found their leaders had much the same traits as the leaders of the West, being psychopaths. In other words, that's the conclusions they came to. But they also went through history and found out that psychopaths always tend to get to the top in a monetary system uh, based on commerce, because you can get cartels together, you, you can uh, monopolize uh, whole areas of commerce. And once you do that, you can hold or even create a society that's now held at ransom because you dominate the essentials for what they need. That's what's happened today. Uh, they went after all the resources of the world. They've gone after the food. They have five agribusinesses taken over for the food. And that now they're after the water supply to get the whole world at their mercy. However, psychopaths also give you a culture which we will adopt, and it's based on competition at the bottom. So we compete and compete with each other like some ancient games uh, that they held in Greece. And, of course, those who get up there showing psychopathic qualities uh, and, and uh, basically eliminating all competition on their way up, regardless of how they did it, they are accepted into the higher circles. They've proven their worth, as they say. And so we, we are trying to emulate the psychopath. Well, let me stop you and just say all. that I've been around a lot of elitists, and I would imagine you may have, Alan, and they actually openly say, we respect you that fight us. 
We respect, but listen, one day you're going to want to join us because the scum is so dumb out there, they don't even want your help. I mean, I've had the elite time and time again openly say that to me. Yes. Oh, yes, and I've had the offers, too, to, to join uh, some of the associations, even with the United Nations and other big organizations, and I've turned them down. But that's exactly what they say. They say, you don't fit in there. You don't belong with those people. Uh, those people will, t- will tear you to shreds because they don't want to hear the bad news. And unfortunately, to an extent, they are right. However... Yeah, but they... It, I mean, listen... They're running child kidnapping rings, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the point yeah. is they've got all their arguments, but when it gets to the final equation, if we just say go ahead, be evil, where does it end? Well, it doesn't end. It doesn't. No. I mean, it's an acquiescence. Stay there, Alan. I want to talk to you during the break for people listening to the Infowars.com streams. You can go over there. We're going to have a little behind-the-scenes discussion and for PrisonPlanet.tv viewers. We're live on the cams right now with Alan Watt. In three minutes, we'll be back for everybody else. We appreciate everybody. Stay with us. I'm Alex Jones. We're talking to Alan Watt. We'll also give you his website on the other side of this break. It is a big Okay. Idea. Talk to Alan. Uh, Alan, shifting gears back to the whole police state. I mean, mm-hmm. we know they brainwash the cops. They train them to abuse us. Then when they abuse us, we hate them. They're telling the cops, hey, the public hates you. Then when their actions make us hate them, they say, see, we're the only ones that take care of you, only ones that care about you. Have you found any way to break through that and actually reach out to the police? Or is it all just going to hell in a handbasket? It is going to hell. The conditioning in the police now is scientifically induced. And uh, major players have been at this for a long time to find a way to indoctrinate uh, police from the beginning, uh, as cadets, right through their whole existence into the force, and to make them bind stronger. It's the same techniques they've been using in the military to create a new fraternity bonding, and they will eventually see themselves as a separate category in society. In fact, even Plato said that they'd, they'd create this special military towards the end with male and female. Well, third world countries and dictatorships always have special cadres, subsidies where there is good food, yeah. good clothes. And, mm-hmm. and again, it isn't the dictatorships can't produce uh, milk and honey for the population. They want them in tiny controlled, you know, uh, uh, slums as a mode of keeping them down while their little spoiled Praetorian are in their uh, lap uh, in little sub-warrants. Yes, and you found too, even Stalin said this same thing in Lenin before him, you must make sure that those who indoctrinate the children are paid well, meaning the teachers, and from the teachers, then he said you must make sure your, your police and military are paid well. He wasn't talking just about monetary compensation, he meant through other social rewards as well. I do, though, see a lot of police actually waking up, but the problem is is that those are generally non-military. They, they take troops who've been through trauma-based mind control of three, four, five tours in Iraq, which no mine could survive. Even in World War II, it was one tour, Vietnam one tour, Korea one tour, one year, or about 11 and a half months. They know they're completely wrecked when they come back and, and are addicted to the adrenaline, they fall apart or they don't stay in dangerous situations. Now they're going to keep, quote, fighting an enemy, and that's us. I see them, Alan, trying to push us into a confrontation by showing all the abuses of their Praetorian. They will at the right time. I have no doubt on that. And, and they're also using a lot of medications and their drugs on the troops abroad, too. Uh, now, Jane's Magazine wrote a lot about this in the past, how they create the new super soldier and they'd also use medications to do it. And I've talked to some of these troops that have come back. Yeah, yeah, Wired Magazine about how they give them amnesia except where they've done all this stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah, we've had cases even in Canada 
where, the, where they admitted they were hallucinating on their whole tour and pulling out their pistols and putting into the heads of young children. Stay there. Let's talk about that after we get more into uh, genetics and mind control. Here we go. Back to the main transmission. He's the T-Rex of political talk. Alex Jones on the GCN Radio Network. We're going to be opening the phones up in the next segment at 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. or on the studio line here in Austin, Texas at 512-646-5400. If you have unlimited long distance, 512-646-5400. Questions for Alan Watt will be with us graciously 20 minutes into the next hour. Uh, Alan, before we go any further, uh, give out your website, the great audio books, the videos, the work you've done. Uh, is I was asked on National British Radio a few months ago who I thought one of the best leading minds in this fight was who doesn't put out bull but actually covers what you know what he can prove and I and I plugged Alan Watt and I mean that uh, you're a real treasure you know in, I mean in full wide spectrum analysis of enemy operations uh, tell us about uh, some of the things some of the books and videos you have a lot most of it's for free but people should also buy some of the things you produced um, because you deserve support. Yeah, it's um, cuttingthroughthematrix.com is the website, and you can see Alan Watts Sentinel.eu as well for transcripts. But I, I do have some books to, to sell that I've written, and CDs as well, going through the histories, even to ancient times, on uh, these particular elitist families and how they created religions to control, how they used those religions, always towards the same agenda. They knew where they were going a long time ago. And I put it together from as best I can through talks. And there's also DVDs they can buy where I, I give special talks on the so-called occultic side or hidden side of this as well, to do with the, the belief themselves that the, the elite hold. And they do have their own little belief structure there, their own inner religion. There's no doubt about that. When we go into overdrive in the next hour, let's spend some time on that after calls. Right now... Uh, I want to get more into the genetic engineering, uh, not just what they're doing to, to, to I mean, no doubt, all the cures going back over 30 years that they have for every type of cancer you can imagine, while at the same time implanting us with the cancers. I mean, it's admitted, I had guests on last week about it, hundreds of different cancer viruses, one in 33 having cancer 50 years ago, now one in three. I mean, it's like getting a cold now. As this gets more and more horrific, uh, I see as a real chink in their armor. If you can explain to the cops and have them go see the documents that their mother or their son or their daughter or they are going to die or have already died from what their masters gave them, maybe that'll have them. Maybe that'll make them wake up. Yes, it's true. The younger you are, the more difficult it is to believe they'll ever die. That's part of the problem. The ones you have to target are the ones who are married, they're a bit older, they've thought about life and death itself, and including their own one day. And that's when you start to think and realize that, that uh, you, you are more than just a human being. I think every human being is, is to an extent, sacred. And they start to th they think about the first and last causes of life. Uh, but the very young, of course, that's why they recruit the young for the military. Uh, no, no, no young person would go into the military thinking that he or she was going to be killed. They would never believe it. Uh, they would, In they would fact, these right big there. tough guys, when their arms and legs are blown off, you know, they they cry for mommy and they and they cry yeah. and can't believe they're dying. They're so mm -hmm. afraid. Yeah, it's an impossibility, and that's why they've always used young children. They tried this out in World War One, 
when they were trying to really reduce the population and bring in the League of Nations as a world government. That was the purpose of World War I, well written about by those behind the scenes after the war. And they, they, they were putting in men in their 40s eventually. They were running out of young, young people uh, after sending wave after wave into machine gun fire. Uh, an average regiment would last 15 minutes in the field. And, they found and it turned out they knew that areas weren't even you know, being defended or areas didn't even need to be taken. The French mm-hmm. and Germans would just send wave after wave after wave. And they found that a 30-, 40-year-old wasn't that they were cowards. They would at least try to avoid the machine gun fire, whereas the 12-year-old child wouldn't. Yes, and, and they also came to an understanding on both sides of the trenches because even the Germans were putting young older guys in too. And, and they were too mature. They realized it was all a farce to begin with. They'd fire a few shots over the, the lines over the heads of the enemy every day just to keep their officers happy. And, and, and then the you filming. had psychological tests that came out, and then publicly they started having the paper targets in the 30s and 40s pop up to habitualize you to shoot the image of a person. Then they pioneered mm-hmm. the video games, and they've gone from 90% not killing somebody up close to now 95% will kill somebody up close. And now they're mm-hmm. your cops, and now they'll kill you. Go ahead. And they've had, and they've had 20 years of playing on video games where the only object is to kill as many of the enemy as possible. Murder simulators. Murder simulators. Yeah, absolutely. This is all planned this way. All they, planned this way. They admit it's all planned that way. I mean, that's the thing. This is so diabolical. Yeah. yeah. They needed a generation that would do this. Uh, a, a generation from the 60s, they would not do it. Uh, but So they created a generation who would do it. They, they purpose made, they designed a generation to do exactly this today. Getting into genetic engineering, um, what's your info on why they're so madly doing pure research that's so dangerous and why they're putting GMO food on all the store shelves that they know is killing people in mass, yeah. killing all of the lab animals that are fed it? Uh, I mean, is that just part of the population control? I mean, is that part of the power trip? of? Because we know that all the elitists are obsessed, own their own farms, filter their water. I mean, I guess that's just another little friendly thing they do. It's definitely to do with making us sicker to die earlier and to die faster. Uh, the, the death rate now, as you see, is skyrocketing uh, with all these illnesses and diseases. It wasn't enough to have all the viruses in the, in the, in the various vaccines we were given, uh, so they're simply speeding up the process. And they're teaching, it's what's interesting, they're teaching doctors who are just coming out of medical school that one in two dying of cancer is now normal. They are not given any history, even 40 years ago, uh, of particular cancers and how rare uh, most of these cancers were. So they've trained them, too, to think it's all natural. And that's the beauty of intakes in university. You can train every, every generation a completely different bunch of theories and, and fake history, if you want. And they won't question it. They think it's all true. There's no, no reason to question it, really. And... Um, and so they, they accept it as well. It's and they love like their natural. cancer. They, they, they love their government. Yeah. No, oh, I'm, the government couldn't be giving me cancer. I'm a member of the government. I'm an officer. They love me. Oh, I'm a good doctor. I help people. I follow the AMA guidelines. And, of course, the doctor's not involved in that. They don't know the Rockefellers in the 20s spent hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. uh, studying where cancer came from. I mean, I remember getting on the air 12 years ago and saying, most cancer is viral and having top scientists on... 
And yeah. people wouldn't believe me. Now they're teaching you, yo, most cancer is viral, but we have vaccines that will protect you. And then you find out that actually the cancer vaccine massively increases getting cancer. It says on the insert, but they'll never read that. Yes, and also if you go into CBC, that's the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation archives, uh, that's, that's uh, org.ca, uh, look at the special report that was done on Dr. Salk. It's old footage they showed on television a few years ago, and in the footage, uh, Dr. Salk says, oh yeah, we knew that the simian 40 virus and many other cancer-causing viruses were in each shot of polio, but we outweighed the risks and, and went ahead anyway. He said it was worth it. Then he talked to his other technicians who also knew that they were basically condemning a whole generation to rapidly uh, growing cancers. And by the way, he's the inventor of the polio vaccine, which we know was a government bioweapon itself. That's now been admitted. Uh, yeah, he but... was also the top eugenicist for this, the whole American and British Association. He was the man who was writing books before the polio vaccine on the necessity to bring down the population by any means possible, and he comes out as the savior. Well, that's what I was going to say is, it's funny you mentioned that. We actually played that clip from the CBC last week on the show. Mm -hmm. And he's laughing. He's going, hundreds of viruses. And he goes, you know what we did? We took the monkeys from the bioweapons labs, and then we grew the vaccine from them. And he starts laughing, and the people with him go, ha, 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 And they all start laughing. Oh, it's so, because, hey, having a big house isn't power. Having a fancy car isn't power. Killing all those people. Ooh, ooh. You know, I'll never forget a PBS documentary probably, it would be 14 years ago. I wasn't even on air yet. And I'm visiting over my parents' house. I guess it's longer than that. So I was in college. That had to be 15 years ago. And I'm over at their house. PBS is on, and it's a show about Jack Kevorkian before he went to jail. And it was him in New York at a uh, art showing. And I wish somebody'd find this tape. And uh, it said Tom Cruise was there, and it showed all these supermodels. And these beautiful women were walking up going, oh, my, uh, giggling and, like, rubbing on his jacket. And he was like a rock star. And, and they were looking at his paintings, and he was saying, I painted this in my own blood. This is oil. This is blood. And it was demons eating babies as they came out of women's wombs. And it was shocking art. It made me step back. I mean, it was it was very powerful art. And they were all going, ooh, 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 jumping, because it's so much, oh, ooh, ooh. I mean, it's, it's just fun. It's fun that they did this to my grandmother, who's on crutches at 84 years old, that it ate most of her nerves and that she almost died and was in there with an iron lung. It's it's fun, isn't it? Isn't it fun, Alan? It's, it's ooh, just amazing. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. I'm it's sorry. And also, it's a resurgence of the art that was shown in the 1930s. For It's called The New Man. And all the Western countries, including Germany, were part of that, and they had... They were pushing what they called the new man at that time, the, the man to come, the superman. And it didn't start in Germany. It started actually in, in England and in the United States. And there's an art exhibition coming up in Ottawa in June to show you all of this art. And that's exactly what it looks like. You have these, these characters with uh, uh, the, like big um, gladiators uh, with demons hanging on to them and so on and even giving birth from their own wombs. Cause, because the new man, by the way, the, the kind that, that they're going to bring in in the future is going to be self-replicating uh, a, a form of hermaphrodite. And early enough, I was reading in the paper just today 
that uh, some scientists have just done the, that very thing. Uh, they've actually created a hermaphroditic embryo and have been told to destroy it. But yeah, stay there, stay there, it. stay there, Alan Watt. We're going to do a segment during the break right now. If you're listening on the Infowars.com streams, to all of our affiliates, everybody else will be right back. Appreciate everybody. Uh, and your phone calls are coming up as well at 512-646-5400. 512-646-5400. We'll be right back. Okay, Alan, let's continue. I, I mean, I'm not kidding. People can't believe this unless they saw it. It was literal demons eating babies. Mm-hmm. It was triple X. And, and he was a good oil painter. It was very disturbing. And, and, and he was like a movie star. They really are a death cult. And I don't think the general public can understand this or know that this is going on, Alan. They can't. It's too far from them. However, in, in some sense, they can because they've been brought up to worship uh, the stars, as we know. That's all we hear amongst all the news now is the scattering of what's happening to stars, the little sort of affairs and all the rest of it. So anything to do with, 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 with sex and crime and so on and, and uh, stars will attract them. They, they, you have this odd image, as you say, this star image created out of these monsters and, uh, but exactly, and we do have but a death cult. Exactly, yeah. but expanding on that, um, have you ever seen Schwarzenegger's favorite art? No. I was doing a deep search for images of him because he was in a lot of gay porn uh, for like a four or five days back in 2005 for martial mm-hmm. law, and I came upon uh, all these photos of him with his favorite art and flying to Germany just to see this one artist. I should have done a show on. It. We didn't put it in the film. But it's images of dead babies and car wrecks and, and, yeah. and dead babies in the morgue, real photos. And yeah. little little girls in, 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 in SS uniforms, but it's not pornographic, but like spreading their legs, you know, in weird positions. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember finding that, and, and it was Arnold, just it, it said, you know, it was, it was photos of him, just, oh, he went all the way to Germany just to meet his favorite artist, and it was dead babies. And I could barely yeah. look at these images of dead babies. They love it. They love images of dead Iraqi children and stuff. It's like beautiful. You're right. There's no doubt about it. You're dealing here with uh, what used to be termed demonic. We have nothing else except that term to use because it's so anti-human in every respect. And everything that we think of as being a normal, functioning human being, uh, they are the complete opposite. Well, my instinct as a tribal male is to feel very angry and aggressive towards this. I mean, these (laughs) these are people just in a predatory orgy, are they not? They are predators, there's no doubt about it. Their whole life is predatory, and uh, even amongst themselves, they, they play a lot of games with each other to predominance, but you're quite right. They are sadomasochist to an extent, and that's part of the psychopathic personality. The sadomasochist will worship the, the officer above him, uh, and I mean worship, and he'll definitely worship the leader. Well, have you the seen all these videos where Bill Clinton in public will kneel and bow uh, to George Bush Sr., and, and now they all bow to each other in the hierarchies? Yeah. They'll just suddenly on C-SPAN turn and kneel like it's mm-hmm. the emperor. Exactly, and we know, watching the Nuremberg trials, uh, that the officers that were brought up in charges there um, stood up for Adolf Hitler, their hero, to the very end. They, they, they worshipped the man. They literally worshipped him because he had more power than they had, while they despised the men beneath them. Each psychopath is like that. They hate the weak beneath them, but they admire those with more power above them. That's standard. God help us. Um, 
you know, the Nazi model, the eugenics, all of it, there really is a threat of that, but they're only, you know, when we say it's Nazi, they really got it from England and the United States, the black mm-hmm. uniforms, homeland security, all these terms. That's why it doesn't matter what racial group it is, they all like it. Yes, there's no doubt about it. In fact, that the, the Fabian Society that was set up by the funding of the Astor family that came over to England, and you had the writers Bertrand Shaw, uh, Shaw and uh, Shaw himself was a eugenicist. He believed in the eradication of the lessers. He wrote the book called Man and Superman. Say what, well, we're going live right now. Here we go. Yeah. Phone calls coming up at 512-646-5400 and 1-800-259-9231. Alan brought up uh, how they're brainwashing the young, how they're training them for law enforcement in school. It starts with betraying your parents. I have it on video. What's in mommy and daddy's cabinet, medicine cabinet? What do the guns look like? Right as, I mean, parents, send your children to a predatory demon government. Uh, and the cops think it's normal now to do that. But the Soviets were bad 20 years ago because they did, right? Uh, charter school will focus on homeland security, the first high school dedicated to preparing students for the front lines. The front lines. And the nation's homeland security has gone from theory to planning. In Wilmington, the project manager for the Delaware Academy of Public Safety and Security, Newcastle Anthony Thomas Little signed a contract with Innovative Schools, a professional firm which will coordinate the mechanisms preparing the school for its eventual opening. Now, before 9-11, they already had Secure Corps, Division of AmeriCorps, training uh, the kids with M-16s, weapons, everything, in public schools in Philadelphia to, quote, do warrant service, roundups. That was in the news. So they always tell the town, you're the first to do this. There's also that feeling of elitism. I would go to town after town that had Delta Force there, bribing them and getting them ready for martial law, and I'd go into the SWAT team commander and say, let me guess, they gave you your card and said you were the first, right? Well, here's a video of them ten years ago. And that would really freak them out that I knew everything they told them. Because they talk to you like little children. Alan Watt? Oh, they do. They do talk to us like children. Uh, they're given uh, lectures on what to say to the public. Every division of every governmental department today has a PR team, and their job is to soften everything in a childlike fashion and decide how much you will be told and, and what you will not be told. And that goes for even for your local police. Everyone goes through PR spokesmen today uh, that are basically lawyers. Yeah. Well, here's an example. I went down to the SWAT team's office because I'd already been at the county commissioners, and they had one of their guys come in and threaten me. So I'd set a cowering, 
I went right to the commander and said, don't do that. I'm allowed to come in here and speak. I'm not intimidated. And he said, oh, look, we're all good guys. I'm a Vietnam vet. And he had Oklahoma City bombing video on the shelf behind him. And I said, Delta Force will be here soon for a martial law takeover drill. They want to co-opt you and give you money. And he said, no, they're not. That's illegal. And laughed at me. Two years later, he calls me in his office and says, here's their card. Everything you said is true. Guess what? They were they had him bugged or something. He was fired two weeks later. Yes. Oh, yeah. And this is standard, too. You see, uh, you, you'll find that the Club of Rome, one of the big think tanks that, that makes up policy for the future, they're the guys who dreamed up the global warming scam and admitted it in their own book, The First Global Revolution. Oh, yeah, they just republished that, though, uh, uh, two months ago, where Haas says it's all fake, but we use it to, quote, make humans the enemy. Yes, that's correct. And so mankind is the enemy to the environment. And they said during warfare, people do what they're told, so they're more cohesive. And we can get our agenda through then. We work together in a, a wartime situation so that they get a global-type war going. So, so they use these techniques for sure, and, uh, and it never really, really fails the way it's put over. They use Madison Avenue. They, they use the big marketing companies to market ideas via the news, via news clips, and so on. Uh, they even pay uh, newspapers to write proactive, as they call them, uh, talks or, or, or pieces. Oh, yeah, they take our money. They take hundreds of billions a year and put it into fake news. Oh, yes. Uh, they, they soften everything, and they must sell it to the public. They've just been told, in fact, from Bush to, to start writing positive success stories on NAFTA and the integration of the Americas. So find the, the good few stories. There is a and, problem, and though. Them. There is a problem, though. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's that the public isn't sophisticated and doesn't know how they're being lied to, but they all know the government's criminal. They all know it's dangerous. Everybody has this feeling of danger. The psychological warfare experts know that we have a sixth sense, and so an instinctive survival mechanism. Everybody mm -hmm. knows we're in danger, so they try to put in front of that and say, you feel upset because of al-Qaeda, and people feel the fear, and they go, yeah, there's something real. What they don't understand is their fear is of the globalist. Do you understand what I'm saying, Alan? Yeah, it's called transference, the two transference. Yeah. Stay there. I want to know about transference during the break, and then I promise your phone calls will, David, and many others on the other side of this quick break, 1-800-259-9231, Infowars.com is the website. Stay with us. John, I haven't gotten calls from you. I've got my board of calls. Give me just two of the first calls, and I want to, uh, and, and then uh, we will uh, go ahead and take some of those calls right now. I got uh, AJ in Arizona. Okay. And then we got Mark in Missouri. That's enough for now. Let's go to AJ in Arizona. AJ in Arizona, you're on the air. AJ, go ahead. Yes. Oh, I'm on the air. Sorry. Now, go ahead. Okay, great. Great to talk to you, Alex. I'm prior service Special Forces, and I just have, uh, I just want to weigh in on um, the mid-1990s and how their NLP program failed uh, the United States Army and also failed the, the New World Order. Well, I'll tell you what, stay there. This is an important call. And I think during the break we're having a problem because, you know, this is – I'm archiving all this live on the web. So your call will have a big life on the Internet with the video and, and the audio streams. But then I've never tried to take a call on the network in during breaks. So I'm going to put you on hold, AJ, in Arizona and come back to you, okay? No problem. All right, let's try to take one on our end. Let's talk to Will in Austin. Uh, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Hello, Alex. Yes, sir. Uh, Y'all were talking about uh... – 
cancer viruses. And back in 60, well, 61 maybe, even it would start, there's a Dr. Mary Sherman involved in a, a laboratory in New Orleans, I believe, connected with Dr. Oxner down there. They were doing a, there's a book out called Dr. Mary's Monkeys about cancer viruses getting into the vaccines of the time. You hear me? Yeah, yes, sir, I do. Okay. Uh, in fact, uh, David Ferry of, uh, you know, that we've heard about of the, through the assassination of Kennedy was, uh, one of the people involved in that as well as, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. And his uh, mistress. Let me get a uh, comment on this from Alan Wan. Alan? Yeah, well, I do know that uh, as far back as World War II, uh, and this has been put out in books in Canada uh, from declassified documentation from the government, they already had uh, cancer viruses. They knew they caused cancer, and they were wondering on ways to use them again. Oh, yeah, they the had enemies. those in the 20s and 30s, major university studies. Yeah. I've seen them, and then... Uh, by the 70s, it was declassified that since the 50s, they had weaponized cancer that would kill you in a few weeks. Oh, yes. This is old stuff. Old stuff. Yeah. And they had perfected it. They could actually decide what kind of cancer you'd have. I want everybody to understand. Most people who die of cancer, okay, you were killed by the globalist. You need to understand that. I mean, this is that's why this is serious business. These are eugenicists. They're killing you. I don't want to die from it. I want to have them arrested, bring all the documents out, and get the cures they've got. Anything else, sir? Yes. In, in well, I'll tell you what. Stay there. We're going to come back live and bring you up. Okay. There might still be time, folks, to turn this around. I'm begging you. Wake up. Psychopaths. Very painful to watch him tear children out of people's arms. It's very painful to know they've given each and every one of us the DNA implantations that will give us cancer. It's very painful to know that they've robbed me of my innocence. And I'm here to rob you of yours because. If you continue to be in denial, they're going to be able to have their way with you. So I'm sorry that childhood is now ending. But I need you to consciously break your conditioning now. I need you to consciously realize that very serious people have you in their crosshairs. I'm tired of all the autistic children having their lives ruined. I'm tired of watching the globalists have their way with us. I want to change it. That's why I'm risking my life. Just sitting about having my name being known. It's not about being a big shot. It's not about being a filmmaker. It's about survival. It's about me being a natural human being that resists tyranny and an attack on my species and an attack to alter my species and to experiment on my species by a malfunctioning subgroup 
who are like a cancer. They are a cancer. They think they're dominant, they're controlling because they're willing to take over, dominate societies, feed on societies. They think it's their right to rule us. They think they're the elite because they can race through the body politic. No, it's because they're malfunctioning. It's because they are psychopathic that they're able to do this because the rest of us have default switches against doing what they do because we're part of the species, not this aberrant malfunction. Alan Watt, and I'm going to go back to Will and others. Yes. Well, it's true. Uh, there's no doubt about it. The, uh, and this is one of the things that Davenport put in charge of this particular Cold Spring Harbor uh, investigation said. He said, until we deal... Uh, with the eradication of the inferior types, he said. Uh, he said, uh, they, uh, unless we do this, he says, they will eventually take over and they will take control of the world and we shall lose control. That's what he said in his own writings. And Dr. Watson, uh, the head of the human genome, just had to leave for making similar comments. There's no doubt. They're all part. They've never changed, never ever changed any of their thinking on this whole agenda and, and the reasons why they think they must do it. There's not one part of it where they've softened at all. I want to go back to the calls. Will, you had another comment. Go ahead, then we're going to go to A.J. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes, in a recent book that's been published called Dr. Mary's Monkeys, Dr. Mary Sherman was the cancer research scientist in the, seven, in the 60s that was working on a, uh, apparently working on a, uh, they were using a particle accelerator somewhere in New Orleans to make this uh, fast-acting, monkey virus cancer formula, a cocktail that they wanted to supposedly use on uh, Castro at that time. And uh, she was mysteriously uh, murdered and found in her apartment uh, with her arm burnt off. And, uh, well, anyway, the book is very interesting, gives a lot of theory and a lot of information. They, uh, they uh, talked about the monkey viruses that were used in the sock and the Sabine vaccine. The author makes it sound like, you know, by accident because of sloppy research. Yeah, hundreds of millions of Americans accidentally got SV40. But when you listen to Sock and read the research, and I see the studies, like like all the time you'll hear, oh, a, a vaccine was contaminated, uh-huh. and, and that's because it you know, would accidentally go ahead and just kill you or make you have a convulsion. Ooh, it was too obvious. They recall it. Then you can read the rundown on what the regulators said was in there, and it'll be, you know, just in one vaccine, 27 different cancer viruses. Then it'll say, I mean, I mean, there are cancers now that are like purple yogurt that spill out of your nose. There are cancers that, you know, eat your liver. There are cancers that, I mean, it, it's thousands of new ones. Cancers that didn't exist are now spreading everywhere. Yeah. I, I mean, uh Alan Watt, you want to comment on this? There's no doubt at all about this. Uh, as I say, during World War II, they had uh, so many of these particular viruses perfected. They could grow them uh, in an hour from scratch and, uh, and introduce them in various um, means. And they also could target when uh, in your age group that would eventually come out and manifest in, in you, uh, depending on your hormonal level, etc. So if they want you to, to die at 40... Uh, as soon as your, your, your um, hormones start to decline, uh, this would kick in and take over. So that actually had them time-released to an extent, according to your physiology. Yeah, by the uh, way, I've played clips of Dr. Sock and all of this, and, and people want, quote, evidence. Just Google it. Start searching it. But I remember reading uh, six, seven years ago when I really researched this, I'd always heard it and seen pieces, where the Rockefeller Foundation in the 20s and 30s cornered uh, a cancer treatment 
and then literally isolated it was viruses and then had them spread, had them put in the vaccines, had them put in water supplies. I mean, these are bastards, folks. It's even worse than that because I was going through the history of the Rothschild family and the two children at the beginning, the turn of 1900, uh, both had written small booklets on uh, the ways to spread contagious diseases amongst the poor. They were fascinated by how diseases could be transmitted by parasites and so on, like lice uh, and all that. And um, here's two children, uh, 12 years old and 10 years old, writing books on this. And they just happened to be Rothschilds. Now, what was the fascination? Until you got into understanding, these are the economists of the world. They're not just bankers. They project the future many generations into the future. They're the great architects. They are the architects. They design the whole hell world we live in. Yeah, they look upon the whole human herd, uh, and that's what they call it, the human herd, uh, and as, as a, a farmer looks upon his, his cattle. That's why I want the police to know you are the biggest joke to them. They hate you. They don't care about you. The military. Mm-hmm. Let's go to A.J. in Arizona. Thanks for holding, A.J. Go ahead. Hey, thanks, Alice. Great. It's great to speak to you and, and, and Alan both, but I just wanted to weigh in on the mind control uh, in the early 90s, 1993, I was part of the uh, Army's test program for NLP. And um, the problem with that program was it, it, it backfired on them. And it was all pivotable around the pillar three of NLP. Anybody who studies and understands NLP knows there's four pillars. And what, uh, what they didn't ca- account on was that um, uh, we would all, uh, at, at the time, we were all classified as eagles. In other words, we took our oath to the Constitution, and thus we believe we honestly believe that we were protecting, you know, the Constitution. And uh, what NLP enabled us to do was uh, actually create a crossover matching group. And um, in uh, November of 1994, explain to, explain to listeners what that term means. Well, the crossover matching was um, basically we became a mastermind of truth. And so uh, what they didn't implement in was all the black ops and any of the... I mean, go back uh, to the other term you were using. Uh, which one, Alex? The NLP? Uh, neuralistic programming. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I should back up. Neurolinguistic programming, yeah. Neuralistic programming is just a, it's, it's a manner of organizing your thoughts and being in control of your own mind. If, if you will, Alex, it's, it's the basic form no, of I mean, I understand freedom. what it is, but for the listeners out there, they teach them this in advanced uh, you know, Olympic-level sports. It's like preparing your mind, you know, setting different parameters, trying to t- focus and control and literally give your brain orders so that you can then carry out the task. Uh, and then that gets, but really, that's the first step into mind control. And for those that don't know, we've had General Stubblebein on who ran this one of the projects where they tried to kill goats with their minds at Fort Bragg and mind control, and he thought it was for good, but Stubblebine, I think, was there a little bit before you were there in 93. Is that the program you're talking about? Yes, and it all came to a head, uh, and this is key, is in November of 1994, um, when our operational detachment was sent to Kuwait to uh, bolster Saddam's southern movement, um, President Clinton came uh, to give a speech and um, they actually grounded every all-American forces and troops. And I believe it was because there was a potential mutiny at the time, and he was actually booed off stage. And I think um, uh, once the generals realized that in in the, the fall of 94, and actually in the spring of 95, they began a genocide of 
of eagles in the spec ops, and that's why you see. Well, I mean, I mean we know they uh, sh- killed the uh, top uh, admiral in his office, shot him in the chest, and they killed a bunch of other uh, officers. I know there was a rebellion in '94, '95, '96. They killed a bunch of people. Uh, but also now that's why they hire the former Latin American death squads. That's why they hire uh, aggravated felons. I'm sure you know about that now, how they're just bringing in the foreigners, not as foreign divisions of troops, but integrating them into the force. That's true. But what they failed to, to realize is that all those eagles were just became emboldened. I mean, um, you know, when you talk about a mindset, um, look at Luke, we are changed. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and we are here. And what I'm trying to tell you, Alex, is that um, people can empower themselves with NLP, and if they would just take a look at those four pillars, once you make it to pillar four, nothing, nobody can stop you. you. If you don't understand NLP when you're watching CNN and all the news programs, um, if you don't actually plug your ears, you're actually being codec Whenever they repeat their question three times to a public official and he repeats the question three back three times, that third time, if you don't plug your ears, you're codecking yeah. it into your brain. Yeah. So- Let me explain this to people out there that don't know. At the University of Texas, down the street, what I was allowed to see by a friend of mine that's very high level there, I'll just say that, he wouldn't let me into the monkey control rooms or other things where, where it was hooked into cameras across town and out in Bastrop, out at the monkey farm, but... Entire an entire floor was just how to flicker TV sets for primates, and he's and, and it was DARPA documents. He showed it to me. He said, "I'm allowed to show you this, Alex. This and the program was publicly how to flicker the TV to control our mind, put you in a mesmerized state, then repeat the questions." Alan Watt, comment on this. Yeah, this was known as when they, they first gave television to the people, and that's why it was given that particular sequence of flicker rate, and they found initially. Uh, the people who were potential epileptics and, and perhaps had never had a seizure before uh, would have seizures when they started to do that rollover. Remember Pokemon? Pokemon uh, in, yeah. in the mid-1990s causing hundreds of thousands to have convulsions globally? Yes, and then it was admitted too that the men who designed that particular uh, game uh, worked for the military-industrial complex. So it was a test on the, the minds of young children. Everything that we are given uh, electronically really today uh, has a, a, an ulterior purpose. That's crossover matching, Alex. That is the, that's the implementation of crossover matching. Just like when you've got a police officer that approaches you on a stop. If he's calm, cooled, and collected, what he's trying to do is he, um, you know that he has evil intent. But if you've got a, a, a cop that comes running up on you and he, he is um, uh, ostentatious and, and he's definitely has a, a, a confrontation set in mind, that the best thing that you can do is actually just stay calm, cool, and collected, and you can cross over match and actually control his mind. And I know plenty of cops myself, Alex, and let me tell you, I'm waking them up, not by one or two or three. I'm talking of hundreds at, at right now. So I just wanted to call and let you guys know, kudos, keep keep moving, and um, definitely we have eagles everywhere. Oh, I everywhere, know that, but Alex. the globalists understand that. That's why there's no telling what they're going to do. Uh, You're going to see a major changeover in... Um, and, and a lot of the security companies as well, and you're going to see a lot of foreigners come in. I think you're picking up on that, but, um, you know, we all want it to happen overnight. Uh, this country wasn't built overnight, and uh, it's going to take it, we're not going to take it back overnight. So, so well, I know a lot of people in the military, I mean, 
6% or 77%, I forget, of the donations to Republican candidates went to Ron Paul. I mean, I mean, we know the, I mean, the police say 98% in polls are pro Second Amendment, but they'll still take somebody to jail because the vendor gave the guy, you know, liquor lemonade for his kid on accident. I mean, you know, I mean, the cops say they know, but they still follow orders. So true, and they they should have also arrested that vendor that uh, distributed alcohol to to uh, a minor as well. My point uh, is is that there's no they've somehow conditioned government people to like switch off their own thinking process. Right, and exactly. And in the early '90s, they just made us too smart, and so I think they realized that. But uh, they were thousands of troops too late at that point, um, and so I think that's why the Clinton administration failed. Well, I mean, for those um, that don't know, I mean, this is mainstream news. For people listening who don't believe this went on, it's a huge program, and I, I know it was cut back in the mid-'90s. I mean, I mean, what were they doing, like hooking you up to computer screens, virtual reality, different programs? Were they using drugs in the program you were in? There was no drugs. It was actually all mind control, and we talk about crossover matching. That's where you actually monitor the heart rate, and you monitor the body movements, and you go through repetitive motion. If, uh, for lack of better words, it's like synchronized dancing, only it's synchronized fighting and killing at that point. And so once you implement um, a person committing a crime or committing a, a death at that point, which is a huge threshold, probably the biggest, biggest indoctrination in the, at that time in that program was the ability to actually kill somebody. That, people don't realize uh, psycholo- psychologically and morally um, and soul most people have a, exactly threshold. Most, yeah most people have a built in even like large elephants fighting bull males it's in all mammals they hold back a little because it would be bad for the species to be always killing each other and then uh, with predator species especially with your own species even sharks tend to have a disconnect with attacking each other to go over that point and kill your own it's not that you're a wimp your brain has a a, a governor and, and the natural-born killers don't have that governor. I'm not even saying they're a psychopath, but, but people who get in a fight who immediately, like anybody, even a scrawny guy walking down the street, if they totally unleashed on you, would kill you pretty quick. Whereas most people hold back. Is that what you're saying? That's true. And once you harness the mind, it's the most powerful weapon in the universe. And, the, and, and I know that you drive this home every day, is that there's definitely a war on your there's a war going on every day for everyone's minds and once you can actually uh, implement true freedom which is control over your mind to make decisions and process information um, then you're just a slave you're just a slave to the system you no, might as well it. just wear earplugs everywhere you go and blinders because you will be controlled. That's it. I appreciate uh, your call. Yeah, I always say, folks, don't let your children watch TV. You better indoctrinate them or the government is. People say, well, I'm not going to indoctrinate my children. Well, if you don't, somebody else is. If you don't program that brain like you're supposed to, somebody else, and you've got to program it to recognize programming. And, and, yeah, that's why I don't watch TV because it's so upsetting. The programming is so angering. It has the opposite effect with me. Alan, can you watch television? Does it make you get upset? No, I can't watch it. I can't watch it. It's so obvious to me what they're doing. It doesn't matter what you turn on. It's very obvious immediately what they're doing, yeah. But, I mean, I mean, does it agitate you like it does me? Or, or you just don't? It, it does. It does, especially when you haven't watched it for years. And you realize that they're actually gearing this towards what now are an adult audience. And yet I would have to say I'd be a child if I accepted what they were telling me in that fashion. They're talking down to the public now as though they're children. But most of the public don't know. They've watched television every day and haven't noticed the changes. They've been habitualized. Yeah. 
All right, we've got another 30 minutes or so with Alan Watt. Give uh, out his website on the other side. Stay with us. We're going to continue our discussions during this break right now. If you're listening on the InfoWars.com streams, you'll need to listen there during the overdrive to hear the show. We'll be right back with Alan Watt. Uh, Alan, boy, that, that guy was a great caller, wasn't he? Yeah, I understand that, that science, and I know the history of it, too, that most of the public don't know because most of the data was collected on groups uh, that they tested all of this out on and, and counter groups and Rolfing and all the different names they gave the same kind of thing. Uh, that's where they were collecting all the data that they eventually could use on the public. People don't realize when they do thousands of different separate research projects just to find out basic, simple things, the project itself looks basic, but then with that they have a certainty like like mathematical data in ranges of mammalian uh, homo sapien sapien behavior, then they take all those pieces and integrate them into programs where they can control us like a car. Yeah, the CIA literally were sponsoring all these great movements of the 60s, 70s, and 80s and, and up to the present time with primal screams and all this kind of stuff, and they get the public, uh, the participants, to do the oddest things, uh, be part of the team, fall back, be caught, you wouldn't hit the floor, and then they'd have to do more drastic things, swimming about on, the, on dry land as though there were fish, etc., using visualization, and all that data was being fed back to basically the CIA and the Pentagon well, for they had the, purposes. Exactly. They had the Stanford thing where, what was it, 90-plus percent of people would follow orders to the point of murdering other students as yeah. long as an authority figure told them to do it, and they thought it was real. Yes, yes, that's right. So, so it's ongoing all the time. Uh, many, much of it happens in the public realm. We think it's private institutions that, that do it. Now, a lot of this stuff is also used on bureaucracies, they're, they're sent off for, for these types of encounter groups and upgrading groups and so on and management. And oh, yeah, I mean, I told the story last time you were on to my dad, uh, you know, is a, a pretty high-level executive just in healthcare, and they, and they send him to big meetings now where they just openly admit all this. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. And these bureaucrats come back, they get placed back into government, and they, they're, they're far more, they go along with anything without question after, after that. Uh, so their, their minds have been affected, yeah. Well, not my dad's. He, he just said it was amazing. But he said one of the big ones he went to in Austin, uh, with one of the top guys in the country, the guy said that the elite had do, done too good a job brain damaging and dumbing everybody down. And so that now they were in a crisis because they couldn't find enough people to functionally carry out their operations. Yes, I could believe that. I could really believe that, yeah. Oh, my dad called me on the cell phone, freaking out from the Four Seasons. He said, son, this guy's in here saying everything you say, but he says, he said that's why they had to go get all the homeschoolers. And then, and then, yes. and, and then this bubble went off above my head about how, I mean, they recruited my homeschooling cousins and everything else into IBM, everywhere else. I mean, they really want them. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. And, and now they're going after them uh, in, in big communities and just taking their children off them at yep. once. Here we go, my friend. Oh, oh, listen, I was rude to ask. You, you can stay 30 minutes or so next hour, right? Sure, yeah. Okay, we need to call you back in three minutes, so make sure we have that number. John, I am that to uh, the guy down here, please, okay? Okay. Here we go.
of your mind. Period. All right. We're going to end the main transmission in about four minutes. And I apologize to other Genesis callers. If they call in right now on 512-646-5400, I will make sure they get in in line because they called in first. 512-646-5400. Call in on that right now, and we'll get to you there. We're going to do 30 minutes, 40 minutes, maybe an hour in overdrive, as long as Alan Watt can give us. The only place to listen, though, and Alan, go ahead and take about a three-minute break. We're going to call you right back now. I want to thank you. We're going to take a break and come back and start an overdrive that's just on the Internet at InfoWars.com. you got to go to those audio streams to listen to Alan Watt. Or if you're a PrisonPlanet.tv member, you can... You can watch online right now at prisonplanet.tv. That's prisonplanet.tv. And there's a 15-cent a day membership or listen for free at infowars.com. Before I end this global transmission on the main network, I want to thank the sponsors, affiliates, everybody. I want to thank John Harmon doing a great job on the main Genesis show that now comes to a conclusion. Back tomorrow live, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. We go into overdrive with Alan Watt, who's been kind enough to stay with us. He's going to get into the occult beliefs of the elite on the other side. Riveting info. Got to go to InfoWars.com to listen or PrisonPlanet.tv to watch right now. Transmission continues at InfoWars.com. That's the coordinates. We'll see you there in one minute. Stay with me.